Imagine being able to travel to any point in time. Where would you go? And what would you do? You could witness some of the greatest moments in history. That's gotta be Kane! Break it down! Break it down. Welcome back. Welcome back. We have our first official official pay-per-view, right? Yeah, I don't really want to count the, in your the, house. Yeah, one with a real name that we all remember and are familiar with. So, King of the Ring. King of the Ring. Let's just talk about this is a is a great pay-per-view. I won't say good. Oh, this is a great God. pay-per-view. Oh my I you know, I had really high hopes going in and i kind of had high hopes for in your house but i think the whole timeline thing really screwed it up screwed it up for everybody worst time to start start a podcast (laughs) (laughs) should have started right here the best time because we have a time machine and we can tell that kind of stuff but this was yeah really phenomenal the card was great going in i was pumped for it yeah especially undertaker mankind knew that would deliver um main event delivered crazy We'll get into it. Yeah. But I did not expect it to be that good. Um, Stone Cold uh, and King of the Ring itself was great. Yeah, uh, good matches. A special new promo guy uh, that we'll get into. We had, I think we talked about it last uh, couple of days ago. Championship. Yeah. That was Intercontinental. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Steve Austin, Jake the Snake. Um Vader's in this one, Mark Marrow, yeah. Mark so we're we're getting this tournament going. Roll up king, roll up king, baby. Uh, what else? HBK British Bulldog, mm-hmm. as we talked about, guest referee, Mister Perfect. Uh, yeah, this there's a couple other mid card matches in here that w- we'll get into, but set card. Yeah, it was stacked, and I uh, I'm kind of like seeing. The theme is, you know, like, In Your House is, like, still a pay-per-view, but, like, they still have the main pay-per-views that they care about, like, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble. You yeah, know, King now, of the this would be, Yeah, King of the Ring would probably be the other one now, and then SummerSlam. SummerSlam's always I don't know, then Survivor yeah. Series, probably. And yeah. the rest are all just In Your House, is my thought, at least at this point. Sure, sure, until they get a little bit creative. Right. What are some other, like, stupid ones they have now? It's like Fastlane. Yeah, Fastlane. Like, no, you don't want to, you don't even want a main event Fastlane. <laughs> Fast you're lane. never gonna win. No t- t- you're never gonna win a title. Of fast no lane. titles change at Fastlane. I'll tell you that right now. What is the? What, yeah. Okay. We'll not get into what the meaning. Like, why would they even call it Fastlane? What is it a Fastlane to? It's a Fastlane to a mid card career. Like, if well, it's had, even like now. It's like back or WrestleMania, WrestleMania backlash, backlash which which I get, but, like, but that was the whole point. Like that was. But the WrestleMania backlash is like oh rematches of WrestleMania. Right. But, but then we watched Hell in a Cell and it still rematches. Right, but I mean backlash. backlash was backlash because it was the backlash from WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So usually it was a rematch or it, it was something that you know somebody interfered and you're getting the revenge on that, uh, even though Vengeance was its own card too. But um, which is such a better name. Better than name. Well, yeah. I like the backlash. There was judgment. I always like the backlash, backlash name. They just add the WrestleMania this year as a branding. Yeah, name. backlash is good. I had a uh, my wallpaper was uh, a backlash, and it had Randy Orton on the cover, and he had just like hands 
covered right here, and he had doves flying out. It was a sweet background. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Does Except, it, like, people whoa, didn't know whoa, who that was. Whoa. What? You don't even know what I'm about to say right now. So, so he had the doves in his hand flying right out. That is correct. When, when Riddle comes out, no! Oh my god! <laughs> he kisses flip flops oh off the doves. Oh my god! CGI doves fly from oh behind him into the screen. Do you think they were foreshadowing this back then? I should probably pause this podcast because I need a minute. <laughs> I need RK, a minute. We're big RK Bro guys here. Uh, no, we're not. No, we're not. I love RK no, Bro. No, we're not. They're doing all the things that rated RK no, never did. No, no, we're not. Rock and Sock never did. Oh, come They're on. They're breaking barriers. Dude. They're the only thing keeping me watching every four weeks. You shouldn't right. be watching. Every four weeks. Sometimes Mondays, I, you know, sometimes I have time on Mondays. Um, but sometimes almost every other Monday I don't and so I don't watch it but big arcade brother I need to will you stall because I need to I need to find this photo just so you know what I'm talking about <laughs> no I think I've seen the photo was it uh, it was from a long time ago right from like early, I want to say 2006 Randy yeah early Randy Orton New York. which is you know when he was the Viper I mean he's still the Viper but he was the young, young up and coming guy evolution days and then started the legend killing thing. Uh, maybe it wasn't Judgment Day. No, it was. You said it was Backlash, but maybe it was Judgment Day. Because that was always like Judgment Day or Unforgiven was always the one. That oh, was Unforgiven. Like, was like the Undertaker. Well, okay, hold on. Let me show you this. This is a good one of him at Backlash. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. I think it might if you be guys, Unforgiven. Um, look it up. Uh, Randy Orton Backlash, where he has a sweet Backlash tattoo on his back. It works on a lot of levels. I'm just going to Google Randy Orton Doves pay-per-view. Did you make the... So, you know we have a time machine, Robert. Yeah. Did you make it post-RK Bro and can go back in time and give it to your phone? No, it was uh, No Mercy. Ooh, another. The only See? other one could have been. That's before he did the uh, full sleeves. Yeah. That was a great, great wallpaper. And if you don't know wrestling, this would be a very homoerotic wallpaper for me to have. It's like, it's like so. Who's that guy? Yeah. I just like birds. Yeah. Big no, fan it's of like, birds. Uh, it's like you wanted him to show no mercy on your on your backside. Like you wanted him to be, no mercy on my back. You wanted well, him, yeah. You wanted I mean, him to be it. gentle at first, yeah. but not in the end. Shout out to Martin for that. One. Should we restart this podcast? We're not too far in. <laughs> no, I think this is all gold. All right. We appeal to every I'll crowd. I love it. And we made a really cool connection to Randy Orton to uh, to Riddle, and I think that that's. I important. love how Tom walks into the studio and he walks in with a Miller Lite. I'm like, hey, this got a pay per view, so you might want to bring a couple beers. He brought nine beers with him in here. Well, well, six, six, uh, six seven beers. And then the other two are the Smirnoff Ices that we have to do yeah. now because of the bet we made. Like, hey, my wife, like, another beer is going to be a long one. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's taking up the entire table. Well, it made sense to just carry it. all comes in one case. Yeah, I went with a, a bottle of wine, and if I drink this entire thing during this podcast, we're gonna have God podcast. help us all. Um, as you guys remember, another little more, it's just a few more housekeeping things before we really get into the pay-per-view. We made a bet a couple episodes ago 
that about the special referee, and it's Mr. Perfect, not Bret Hart or Owen Hart. No hearts. Um, and so we got to do a Smirnoff Ice. And so I'm wondering, Rob, if you have a preference uh, where we do it. Do we do it before the main event? Do we do it whenever we feel like it? Uh, each of us does it at different times, so one of us continues to talk because that is the point of a podcast that probably would make the most sense. Mm. Yeah, well, I have the notes, so unless you memorized any of these matches coming up, uh, I, I could, I could, I could. Uh, well, here, no, mm. hmm. do it. The, okay, we'll have parts where you can do yours. You, you chug, you chug stuff real fast, anyway. I do uh, have good. Oh, I know, I know, <laughs> I know exactly what I'm doing. Mine. Yeah, okay. there you go. There you go. So, do you want to start yours here? You and want me to do mine now? I already What's know. What's the first match? I might want to talk about it. Uh, Mark Mario and Stone Cold. Yeah, let me do this. Stupid. I don't want to listen to any roll-ups. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, hold on. No, I don't even know. But I, you, you know where I'm going to want to do mine, yeah, right? I, yes. I know where, yeah, yeah, I know where you're going to do Big yours. Brian Pillman guy. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't even know everything you're about to learn about Brian Pillman on this. All right. Tom's going to start it. So, and yeah, was, you carry on with the match. I'll all right. Yeah, first way. match, and this is the semifinals for the King of the Ring 1996. We have the wild man Mark Merrill, and Tom just started his swimming off ice, versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we also have Owen Hart on commentary, and he's actually with Jim Ross. And we're starting to see this transition of Jim Ross starting to get in commentary, and he's done with the ice. Good job. I feel like we just need to introduce the match. We don't really need to get crazy. We're pretty good chuggers. Yeah, I mean, I it was a lot better. You, you iced me two weeks ago. It was really cold. This was way better. Is it warm? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how you got to take them. <laughs> it's been in my car for days. What matches? Now this I want to do it. <laughs> You're doing Mark Merrill Stone Cold, right? Yeah, um, I got some notes here. So Stone Cold, uh, there's a lot of, and we're seeing these matches. A lot of out of the ring um, action is getting taken place here. So Stone Cold starts ripping off the mats. Um, he throws Mark Merrill onto the concrete, pretty, pretty hard. Um, and then during this match, I mean, Mark Merrill's. Selling pretty well. I don't want to always compliment Mark Miro. You love Mark Miro. Like, All right, whatever. Oh, we, you know, we should get him a Mark Miro shirt, okay, guys? Uh, if they ever made one. If uh, they ever made one. They fucking <laughs> made him, all right? I got two on back order, bitch. <laughs> Mark Merrill, like, the, there's some Irish whips that he's doing. I mean, he's selling them very... Oh, man, he, he's the best Irish whips in Rome. I'm restarting the podcast right now. We started off off track. We're so off track. We're not off track. We're talking about your boy. All right, he's yeah. He, he, he sold an Irish whip. Like, yeah, dude, anyone, every every wrestler who's ever wrestled does an Irish whip. That's the first move they teach <laughs> It's probably true. <laughs> At Ohio Valley Wrestling, <laughs> semester one, Irish whip. So Stone Cold, uh, which I thought was a little weird, does an elbow drop off the second rope. And I know I mentioned it a few episodes ago previously, maybe, um, how we're seeing like any wrestler who's not a high flyer, they're all using, like at least they'll go up to the second rope and jump off. Like They're all kind of using yeah, the turnbuckle. Uh, you know, a little high risk. It kind of probably explains the knee braces Stone Cold wears for the entire rest of his career. 
But he's not right now. Jumping off top rope, hurting his knees. Yeah, so um, Mark Merrill kind of has Stone Cold in a headlock in this match. And he kind of does like a modified stunner to him. And then this is the first time we hear the word stunner. Because yeah. JR goes, looks like he did some well, sort he, of he modified it, move of his finisher, the Stone Cold yeah, Stunner. He calls it that specifically. Right. And that, I think, I don't know if that's the first time we ever I, hear I it ever. I think it is. I think it is. I would agree with that. But I'm just saying, for the since we've been watching and recapping, the that's the first time we hear the word Stunner. So this is a historical podcast, really. Yeah. I Could mean, you say drunk history? Because, you know. No, it's just history, man. Well. Bottoms well, up. I might be drunk. I, I did an ice. You haven't yet. <laughs> Wait. So, <laughs> um, so during this mm, modified stunner, um, it looks like Stone Cold like bit his lip. Yeah, I can. You know, you know when you think about the stunner, real easy uh, chance of biting your lip on that move. Feels like it would hurt your ass more, but yeah. Yeah, but you don't have teeth on your ass. I'm giving Tom a look. <laughs> I don't. Teach. Some people do. Okay, well, good for them. <laughs> they say good for them. <laughs> so their poops aren't as long. It just munches them like two inches at a time. <laughs> so stupid. Are you envision that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know if this toilet will flush good. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I you want, you want to yeah. cancel this podcast for my stuff? Uh, you're talking about butt teeth? <laughs> butt teeth. So Stone Cold's like bleeding from the mouth. And I rewound this a couple of times to find out like where he got hit in the face or whatever. But it looks like he like bit his lip on a Stone Cold stunner. Uh, but Mark Merrill... Uh, Gets Austin up um, on the top rope. Gives him a pretty sweet Hurricane Rana, which I believe is Mark Merrill's finisher, right? Yeah. I think and, but says. Stone Cold actually kicks out of this one. Because it's a terrible finisher. And then he gives Mark Merrill a star. <laughs> Stone Cold wins. Which, I, which I'm rooting for Stone Cold. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I, I, I know what happens because we watched this already and I already knew going in. Big Stone Cold guy. Can't wait for the Attitude Era. Let's get more of that. Uh, can we mention again? I think we talked about this in our last podcast. Um, he's not doing that kick to the midsection. Right. It's just it's he's just grabbing like, yeah, his neck the, and then dropping. The second yeah. half of the stunner. The kick to the midsection must be a later invention. And it's so much. It's so much more like it's just not as impactful without the kick. The kick is important. Ooh, what a pop on yeah. that ice. Um, do you want to keep talking about the stunner, or do you want to go with the me- next match? Well, while I check this. You got nothing to talk about <laughs> this one. <laughs> Vader versus Jake the Snake. Um, yeah, though I don't really remember. You could recap. So, how about this to give paint a picture? Remember how Vader won last time against Amon Johnson because of Owen Hart. Yeah, I want to recap that. Yeah, you want to recap? If this is important to the story, uh, it is. But I will, I it will is. recap. And it. Vader's undefeated still. Right, he yeah. is undefeated. The man they call Vader, not just Vader. And he was uh, fighting Ahmed Johnson round one, and uh, Owen Hart. I think he was on commentary, or actually was managing Vader at the time. Jumps off the top rope, hits him with his cast from a suspicious, suspicious injury that we don't know the results of, and knocks Ahmed Johnson. Uh, cold, 
you know, Goldust has to save his life, and then he gets mad at him. There's a match coming up on that. But basically, Vader gets a bye to the semifinals. Right. And um, Robert's, Robert's back, everyone. Oh, I've been back. Yeah, he's been here for hours. Yeah, that was seemed more carbonated than I remember. Well, he's been drinking wine a lot lately. It's not carbonated at all. Big wine guy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to listen back on that. That was, <laughs> that was an awesome burp. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but we remember how uh, Jake the Snake got here. He won against Triple H. At 41 yeah. years old, he beat what Justin a, a, Hawk a, Bradshaw. And what a win there, too. Yeah. Now, we didn't get to see it. That was at a house show. But I I, I knew he was going to win just like just based on the way they he beat Triple H and then he did commentary. Right. Like, you know he was going to get a push. Right. right? Yeah. I think they were doing his cocaine interviews. Yeah. But so I, I didn't. I mean, it's still impressive. I, 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 get, I know that Justin Hawk Bradshaw is not like the final iteration of what Bradshaw is going to become, but. Uh, still a good win for him, and beating Triple H was impressive. I thought. <laughs> I'm wrapping my head around like just listening, just tuning in and recording. Yeah, the cocaine interviews. It's yeah, just well, like, no, that yeah, is- but like uh, if you just hear the word cocaine interviews, like, well, I want to be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's not it's not that cool, Rob. It's just that he had a terrible life, and oh, okay, his wife had to stay awake so he didn't oh, he yeah, shake him right. every time he yeah. died. <laughs> Just a little shake, all it takes. Did you try shaking him? So Jake the Snake goes for a... Uh, the match is... I mean, Vader's kind of a shitty wrestler, in my opinion. I think he's pretty I, I, I think that... I don't want to get into the whole thing here. But your love of Mark Miro and your hate of Vader is very unfounded. Vader, for his size, is good. Possibly one of the best... 400 plus pound wrestlers of all time. I would say top top five for sure. Wrong. Top five. Top ten. Wrong. You name nine other wrestlers. Well, there's not nine other wrestlers <laughs> that are over 600 pounds. 400. By 400. default, he's 400 ten. Pounds. 400 I'm just pounds. saying Mark Merrill is doing some stuff that's that ahead of its time. It's, yeah. Okay, but it has no purpose. Sure. Yeah, so when you come in, you do stuff that's ahead of your time for no reason. It doesn't mean that you're good. If somebody invents something that has nothing to do with anything, it doesn't take off, it doesn't mean that they're not, like, a genius. And I'm no, not calling Mark Merrill a genius. You just called Mark Merrill I didn't ca- I just said, for the right, he's not a genius. I'm saying, like, if I invented something that, like, okay... I don't know. My analogies are so dog shit. <laughs> on, like in real life, they're good. But right, like, your real I'm life here, analogies. Like, you ever walk slow? You ever walk slow, dude? <laughs> so okay, when you come up with an argument for why Mark Miro is better than Vader, get back to me. Um, but Vader is way better than Mark Miro, in my opinion. Wrong. <laughs> At least give me he's better than Vader. No, no, I'm not giving you that. I'm not giving you that. Vader uh, had had a more story career to. The I guy. can't wait till we get to 201 followers and I get you in a fucking roll up and you're when like. When I get to 202, I'm gonna Vader bomb Robert. Oh my god! Now I'm now I'm rooting against this podcast. <laughs> so long and the short, we're spending way too much time on this one. But no, but, also really big Vader fan. First row. 
Really cool, shirt. oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Tom and I were uh watching this pay per view together, and we look at one of the fans from the uh the front audience, and he goes, Look at that guy with a with a toad with a toad shirt. And if you don't know toads from uh Mario, yeah, like Mario Kart, Mario Kart, you can pick whatever. toad. And then we're watching later, I'm like, Oh, yeah, totally a toad shirt. And I'm like, Look at my oh, no, that guy's a it's just Vader's face, yeah. and we're like. Where the hell Vader's did we see Toad from? Just like Toad's head. Yeah. Just the, the... But we will say, yeah, we saw Vader signs. There's a lot of big yeah. Vader, maybe and, and w, former WCW fans. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, He's undefeated, though. I mean, so in this match, Vader versus Jake the Snake, uh, Jake the Snake goes for a DDT. And while he does this, Vader grabs and kind of like... Pushes the oh ref. My God, this it's, is so I I hated this because yeah. he kind of like as he goes for the DDT, like his arm kind of flails out and he pushes like it was the, the ref. Least egregious knocking out a ref I've ever. Seen. I, oh my God! It it was, was so let loud. me say this. I put in my note. Vader grabs, and I even put the word assaults the ref, but it wasn't even an Did assault. You put it in quotations. I will, I'm gonna change it yeah, right now. Put it in quotations because I wouldn't. That's it. like. Um, Kind of how the lawyer was when he said he got uh, assaulted by Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it was a terrible call, and I was very upset. And the ref, the ref actually called him right. called the match right, on this right. one and right. DQ'd it Vader. Like it was it was total BS. I don't agree with the call at all, and I kind of didn't agree with the direction they were going with this whole match. Like I understand where they're going. They want to give. Uh, Vader credibility still by not losing, but they, but they want to have a, a heel versus face final. Yes. Uh, instead of heel versus That's heel. all it was back then. Right. It, was, it was never and a so, heel. And so, I mean, I get why, but it also was a really dumb, like it was a poor execution of it, in my opinion. Yeah. And it, I, even worse it could have been a lot better. I, I think maybe it was botched that he should have, like, hit him a little maybe harder, was, but yeah. yeah. Because Vader's a fucking terrible wrestler. Maybe he just botched hitting <laughs> I know, a fucking you don't ref. You're blame the referee? No, like I'm referee. blaming Vader. He couldn't even hit the ref hard enough. If he hit the ref hard, the ref would be out. That's the, like point. That's the point. That's the point. like Tim White, Helen Cell, Chris Jericho versus Triple H. Break his shoulder and then shoot himself in the face a few years later. Dude. <laughs> Dude, I feel like we need a podcast just on that segment alone. Yeah, no, we will. Um... What was it? Ju- what was it? Ju- Judgment Day 2000. I don't know. God, what a terrible promo that was. Either way, we'll get to it. Stay tuned. It was just lacking taste, really. They didn't even do stuff like that in the 90s. No, I don't. I don't know where that came from. <sighs> Anyways, uh, so. Jake the Snake wins, uh, I guess via DQ, because Vader hit the ref. And then after this, Vader goes on a tantrum and just starts beating the shit out of Jake the Snake and goes for a Vader bomb, lands one, and then goes for another one. And they kind of, uh, a bunch of other refs interfere and stop him from doing another Vader bomb. But uh, I mean, Barry Horowitz there? He was not in Ah. this one, yeah. Probably losing at a house show yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They had a house show still. So now we're moving on to the Godwins versus Smoking Guns, but we do a quick promo. Um, and I know we talked about this maybe three podcasts ago where we talked about the Body Donnas, as if you know Zip and Skip. Oh they God. were formerly with Sonny when we started this podcast, and they were looking for a new manager. They uh, posted a phone number 
on uh, on an episode and we were going to apply, but it looks like they have a new manager and it's... Uh, I forgot about this and now I'm remembering how terrible it was, but I, I'm yeah. so excited for you to tell it. Well, it's just a, a pretty jacked guy and he's in a wig. Well, they, they talked to Sonny first and they asked well, what her I, opinion I, is. I, I'll get to that, yeah. So this guy's name is Cloudy and it's just a jacked dude in a wig, but like... Like imagine China, but if she was actually a dude, that's what this guy. Yeah, but he's more like I don't. It was kind of weird to see him in '96 because he looks like a fuck boy from like 2014. Do you know what I mean? Like he has like I don't know. Does that make sense? He kind of looks like a the Miz sort of, or like you know, like one of those like club guys. Well, I know for a fact it's not. But either way, Guys, it's just a Miz, it's just a guy. The Miz is better than Mark Miro by like dude. 10 stop, times. stop. I'm just saying. We have such a good pay per view. No, I know, and you're over. Let's not ruin with your Mark Miro love. Let's get on with it. He's done. I'm done with it. I'm done with it too. He's done. He's not gonna be in the show again. Neither is the Miz. But this dude that's just like a chick, Cloudy. Managed, yeah, Cloudy. That's managing the Bagiganas now. Bagiganas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, now we have the match, um, and it's for the tag team title. It's the Godwins, as we talked about, that hillbilly group with Phineas, uh, versus the Smoking Guns, which is Bart Gun, which is a.k.a. Um, Bart Gun. Bart Gun. And, and, and Billy Gun. A.k.a. Billy Gun. Yeah. A.k.a. Billy Gun. <laughs> and they are the Smoking Guns, a.k.a. the Smoking Guns. <laughs> <laughs> but they are with Sonny. They got uh, they got the best manager in WWE. Where she goes, best, so does the gold. Yeah, best superstar, period. Yeah. So during this match, and let's try not to spend too much time on it. But Sonny keeps trying to get yeah. Phineas's attention, and he's not really paying her any mind, and she's kind of pissed off about it. But uh, long or the short, um, one of the Gun Brothers hits Phineas with their own. Uh, Cowboy boot, and then Phineas gets pinned, and then Spaz is out a bunch, right? Yeah, and the Smoking Guns win and retain their championship. That is I think correct. this is the yep. first time that a title, a tag title defense, um, happened and they retained since we started watching. Even though all the other ones were on house shows or or some other shows that we didn't get to watch, but yeah, yeah, that's right. This is the first time we've seen. That retain, yeah, you're right, because this is the first time I've seen Sonny stick with the tag team. Right. Yeah, she loves Billy. Yeah, so next we have uh, Jerry the King Lawler promo, and this is good. I got to get my notes out for this one, because this is... This is Lines good. of the night in So Jerry the, the King Lawler, and this is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by the way. Jerry the King Lawler, before his match with Ultimate Warrior, as we mentioned, they have beef because he got counted out in the King of the Ring tournament, which wasn't really Jerry the King Lawler's fault, but he was uh, Ultimate Warrior's versing Gold Dust, and they were about to get counted out. And as we talked about, have you ever walked slow? Is what Ultimate Warrior did. Jerry the King Lawler just stuck Gold Dust's chair in front of him and. I guess made him get counted out. So this is where the beef started. But the king is just going around and roasting everyone in the crowd, <laughs> and it's great. great. It's great. 
I, I just I have my my highlights here. I have four. I have three. Okay. Ooh, ooh. you have one that you that I don't have. Um, I wonder what it is. Wait, you said you had four. I have four. You said you only have three. Or I have one that you don't. You have, have one I don't have. Yeah. So my first one is he goes to a, a lady in the crowd. Says, "I bet a big night for you is to get all dressed up and go out and pet the barn animals." <laughs> I must skip that one. <laughs> that was like the first one I had to Okay. Rewind it, I so think. next he's telling he's telling them that um, you know hometown Brewers and they're a bunch of drunks just like the baseball team. And he tells one guy he goes, I I bet you like to get drunk and basically fuck farm animals. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a big farm animal thing. Uh, the next one I had is he goes to like a twelve year old child. Is that your face or did your neck throw up? I literally have <laughs> I literally have tells eight year old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kids were older then, though, so I bet he's 12. Oh, you want to meet in the middle and say 10? Yeah, let's go with 11. You you never want to... I'm, I'm, nope, I'm, stuck, I'm sticking with 8. I'm sticking with 8. 8-year-old. And then he, uh, I have one more, and I'll... I have two more now. Okay. But the one you have, I, I guarantee you, is, is the last one I have, which is the best one, in my opinion. You want to go with your other one? I'll do my other one, okay. This one I thought was just great and like not as rehearsed as the others. And he just goes to a lady in the crowd. Look at her. Nice to see you off the streets for a while. Dude. And can I mention that when he's talking to this woman, his her husband's right next to him, like yelling at King like he's pissed off. Yeah, and I'm sure he was. And is that the last one you had? Or well, he said, good to see you up the streets for a while. Yeah. And then something about a strip club? No, was I, the, I don't know about that Was one. the strip club closed or something is what he said? Oh, or, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, he just walks up to a fat kid and goes, <laughs> he goes, when you wear blue, do people just try to stick mail inside you? Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even hear that one. You're, you're missing a really good okay. one here. All right. So there's just a fat kid, and he's like... <laughs> I already said the quote, but he's like, let me guess. When you wear blue, do people just sit there and try? And he sits there with the like, most dumbfounded face ever. But what's the last quote? Oh, my God. He goes, I think it was two girls. And they're like, oh, yes. bring it No, on, I remember this one. On. Yes. He goes, it's girls like you that turn men into people like gold dust. Yes. And they're both like probably 16. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What a line. Just, he, I mean... And we'll get into the match itself because we're very upset about it, I think. But that made it all worth it to me. And it, and I was also, you know, I was disappointed at the beginning when you're not going to see King on commentary. You're like, oh, man, are we going to even get any opportunities for Lion in the Night? And, and he just literally, he gives instead them all of being in a three-and-a-half-hour pay or three-hour pay-per-view, he's like, I'll just do it all right here in five yeah, minutes. And I'm happy with awesome. that. Yeah, because I was uh, ag- agreed with that. I was kind of mad. I'm like, ah, no king on commentary, so we can't get any good things. But yeah, he's just like, here, I'll give you five minutes, and I'll just do the, and I'll just go full automatic on this one. So finally we have the king versus the ultimate warrior. And starting off, this is the first time king's getting over on the ultimate warrior. So the king's hitting him. Uh, he comes out, obviously, he's... His king gear, his uh, his crown, and his scepter, and he's 
basically choking out the ultimate warrior with his uh, scepter and then they finally get inside the ring and jared the king Lawler has tape around his wrist he takes the tape off and now he's choking the ultimate warrior with uh, the tape from his fist and then vince mcmahon says lawler risking disqualification here um he already beat him with a scepter and he's choking it out with with tape. Is that not automatically any, I disqualification? I don't know any of the rules here. It makes no sense. It seems like the refs don't know what they're doing, or Vince McMahon doesn't know the rules. I don't know. Uh, so the King does his, which I believe is his finisher. He does an awesome uh, pile driver. And when we see like Ultimate Warriors just getting beat for probably about what two and a half minutes, yeah. three minutes. And he does his pile driver, and finally, when his great net, pile driver, great, I I agree, great pile driver, and then when Ultimate Warrior's head hits the mat, he just springs up. It's almost like instead of obviously no cell, right? Right. But instead, it's, it's like, like if you give cell. Ultimate Warrior your finisher, he comes back stronger. I don't understand how he could ever lose. Or maybe you just punch him in the face and then you pin him. That's like the move. <laughs> I hate this guy. It's terrible. I like, hate this guy. I mean, I get like that it was the thing he did and in the 80s and 90s it was cool. People got pumped about it. I don't I don't know. I hate this guy. Like even Hulk Hogan like he had to get there. Like it wasn't just oh and it wasn't never it was never oh I'm going to do my finisher and then Hulk Hogan's going to Hulk out. At least No, as far like as Hulk I Hogan like hulked out when like, he had momentum, a sleeper hold, or like a clothesline, or something. It wasn't right. Like, there was like the audience was involved in all this stuff. Pile driver, and then you start to hulk out. No, it, it didn't make any sense. I really got to watch. I fucking time. hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use my F on there. I can't stand the Ultimate Warrior. If there's any anti Ultimate Warrior shirts. Take my money. I guarantee there's anti-Ultimate Warrior shirt. Dude, he's terrible. I fish. hate I'm this gonna have guy. your fish look this up right now. All right. Shout out to Klaus, my fish. So, after this, Warrior, then, what even is his finisher? It's like a... It's something stupid. It's not like a clothesline from hell, but he like springs out the road. Either way, Ultimate Warrior gets a pin. And you know what really pissed me off in this match? Warrior wins against the King, which we all knew was going to happen. Right. But then he walks up to where the King of the Ring like um, throne is, and he picks up like the crown and like holds it up like he's the King. No, bitch, you're not even in the tournament. He was, and then he. No, but yeah, you're not even not, in the yeah. tournament still. Like you got counted out. Klaus you don't even have a title no on Ultimate you. Warrior hated shirts. Hate Ultimate Warrior. Shirts. There's not. No, there's there's not. Right. We should make them. All right. No one take that idea. I'll edit it. Yeah, out. we'll do all the Turnbuckle Time Machine hates the Ultimate Warrior. Turnbuckle Time Machine went back to the present day because they hate the Ultimate Warrior so much. If you were to tell me we have a time machine, so kill Hitler or the Ultimate Warrior. Well, they're both. Well, at least the Ultimate Warrior is confirmed dead. Hitler could still be in Argentina. Uh, yeah, he's in South America yeah. right now for sure. Confirmed dead? Because remember, uh, there was rumors well, of two Buenos Noches, Hitler. You know? Buenos Noches, Hitler. So backstage we have uh, Jake the Snake and everyone's checking on him. How can this guy continue? 
I mean, he just got a Vader bomb after the ring. So they're checking on his ribs. Yeah, his ribs are, are effed. And it's basically... A, it's, uh, I don't know if at the time... And, I, you know, it's a skewed opinion here because I already knew how this was going to end. And I'm even more affirmed in my opinion. But, like, did anybody really then think, oh, no way... Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake, a 41-something-year-old guy, is going to come back now from this rib injury and beat Stone Cold? No. I mean, Stone Cold's going to win by another bye, right? Which is kind of lame. It's basically a bye. That's what I thought was lame. I didn't think that. I thought that... And I get that he's a heel, and they're trying to build heat for him. But also, my opinion right now, although when I get to the whole Brian Pillman thing, rant that I'm going to go on, I realize isn't the case. But going into this, though, my, my my opinion was that he's about to turn face because they got rid of Ted DiBiase. Actually, oh, yeah, it changed me once I saw his promo after winning, but we'll get to that. But, like, it's very obvious that he's not going to lose and they're making it okay for him to win because Jake the Snake's hurt. But I thought that he should have won. Like, he could have cheated or something during the match, but he should have beat a healthy Jake the Snake, in my opinion. Stone Cold should be to help yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. But we also need that. I feel like at that time, it's like the heel needs to. The heel can't win clean. Here's what should have happened. He can't win clean. Here's you know what, what I mean? Happen. Stone Cold should have come out with a bag of, of white powder, poured it from the entrance ramp all the way down the ring. Jake the Snake should have walked out, Scott, and done an entire length of the walkway line. And then lost because he was he was under the influence. But still a competitive match. But he lost because he's like, oh, I said, come down, I'm out. I need to go find more. And he gets counted out looking for more cocaine on the outside of the ring. Wouldn't that have been a more believable ending than Vader, Vader bombing him? I mean, the guy's, what, 41 years old? Probably doesn't have good ribs. I mean, either way is believable. Yeah. But I, I think it's more entertaining if Stone Cold... <laughs> Bought, you know, four thousand dollars worth of cocaine. Well, you got to think about how much and lead breadcrumbs all the way <laughs> no, to the ring. Well, no, I know, but yeah. metaphorical breadcrumbs. Yeah, cocaine crumbs, or is that just cocaine? All crumbs of cocaine are so cocaine. Yeah. Is that like? No, is that a bag of cocaine? Like, oh no, it's bread. cocaine crumbs. Right, but bread bread crumbs are still bread. And it's cocaine piece. crumbs are still cocaine. Yeah, but like you don't call out. A hole is a hole. <laughs> Next matchup, we Should have. We start the, this podcast over. Yeah, or? let's start over. Grab two more Smirnoff ices. Uh, next match, and we've been looking forward to this one: uh, Undertaker versus Mankind. Finally, I feel like Undertaker's. We're gonna see the push for him. Maybe he's going to. I don't know. Start being the actual Taker that we're used to. Right. You know. I guess my entire knowledge of Undertaker is, you know, when I started watching, you know, regularly in 99, he was actually, uh, he was barely around, and then he came back as the American Badass, and then he became the Dead Man again, and then it was just basically, he was untouchable, but... Yeah, I was watching like 97, 98, yeah. and like, no one can really mess with Undertaker. Right. And, and, and it's cool... But, like, also, he debuts in 1990, so he's been around now for six years as this dead man. It's really impressive that he could get this character over for so long either way. But I'm interested to know if, like, his previous matches before this, because, like, 
we're kicking this off in 96 where it's like mankind versus the undertaker and as you mentioned like yeah mankind's getting over on the undertaker i don't think anyone was getting over on him though for, previously from what I understand, and that's just my from, guess from the commentary what jr says what what vince mcmahon says what Nobody's doing what, and, and it, when we're watching it, I'm like, nobody does this. to Even since then, nobody does that to The Undertaker. And they are saying the same thing. Nobody's ever done this to The Undertaker. Nobody's been able to, to get one over on him yeah. over and over again. Like and that. from what I know about um, Mark Calloway is, I'm sure he was behind all this. Right. You Actually, know, there's I, a guy like Mankind that's willing to risk it all for the business. It's like... So give him the push that he needs. I sent needs. you an article about this, and you didn't read it. So bad job by you. Um, but let's finish the match, and then I'll get into it a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So as we talked about the beginning of the match for about like ten minutes or so in this match, mankind is just kicking our chicken's ass. Um, um, there was some out of ring action in this yeah, some where cool out of ring and some yeah. kind of lame out of ring stuff. But yeah, like, but mankind really the coolest one was when Undertaker is just like kinda laying down, sitting kind of headed between the steel steps and the and the ring. And and mankind does kind of like a Braun Strowman run around the ring thing and comes up with a flying knee on him. I thought that was really coolly executed. Yeah. And then they they do like moving the mat onto the concrete. Yeah, they're doing like a they're ripping slam. the mats off. So kind of a weak body. As slam. I mentioned earlier, like you're seeing a lot of out of ring action. I know mankind uh, runs at Taker with a chair, and Taker gives him a big boot, and then throws him onto the concrete. Um, and mankind goes for an elbow drop off of the ring, and then he counters it with a, another chair hit, and then as uh, mankind's getting back up. Uh, Taker hits mankind in the in the head with a chair, and it's so fun to see now because like the chair shots now in WWE have to be in the back; they can't be in the head because of concussion protocols. So it's so awesome to see an actual like old school headshot well, with a chair. So uh, yeah, and that was like in our mind. I think, well, this is this is fake. It's fine. They can do this stuff. It's fake. It's totally fake. They can't hurt themselves doing this. But like now, when you realize that, like, yeah, it's staged. Yeah, it's predetermined. Those are real chairs, and they're just letting people hit them in the face, <laughs> in the literal head. For sure. I mean, there's a. I don't know if you it watched is, the. Uh, we'll, we'll see some matches. The Randy Orton on, on uh, the was it the Broken School sessions, where he hit Taker, and he was like bleeding. And he goes, he just. Basically, like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And then Taker's like, don't worry, your receipt's coming. <laughs> and then he waited like two years for a Hell in the Cell match. And then he grabs a chair and he's like, hey, remember that receipt? And then just drills like Randy Orton with like the bill of the, the chair. But long and short, we'll go back to the match. Uh, Mankind does a uh, pile driver. And then Taker actually kicks out. And then. Because of this, because that's mankind's at least finisher. Right now, he has the mandible claw, but like one of his finishers is the pile driver. Yeah, he does kind of treat it as like a setup to the mandible. Yeah, claw. so Taker actually—he's doing the double arm hook DDT yet. Correct, uh, but Taker kicks out of this, so mankind doesn't take this very well. Mankind starts banging his head against the turnbuckle, and he just starts squealing and pulling his hair out, and then they just like zoom in. 
on the hair that he's pulling out. Been there before. <laughs> where, where do we go from here? <laughs> so then... <laughs> so Paul Bear is obviously ringside with the urn and... Excuse me. Um, swipe up if you think Robert should be excused. <laughs> I'll edit it out. <laughs> Mankind then takes the urn from Paul Bear and then he picks it up like over his head like he's going to hit the Undertaker with it. Paul Bear then steals the urn back and then Mankind tries to go for the uh, mandible claw. So then Taker grabs... Mankind out from the mandible claw by the throat, puts him against the turnbuckle, goes for a choke slam, and then Paul Bear goes to hit Mankind with the urn and accidentally hits Taker. So now Undertaker's down, and then Man- Mankind goes for the mandible claw here and finally gets a KO. Yeah. And I think we're on the same page with this. We're like, all right, so Mankind got over on the Undertaker on a pay per view. On all these Raws, a casket match, you name it. Like, Mankind has gotten over on Taker. Yeah. And then he does it at and King of the Ring as again. well. I, it wasn't a clean win, so it's it's not like completely It's not, but, but I mean, it's it's Undertaker, man. Yeah. And so, I actually just coincidentally, Mick Foley shared an article about the importance of this match. And somebody wrote it a couple of years ago. And, and basically, it's the kickoff of the Mankind. Like, it's not the kickoff, but it's the... Arrival. It's like okay, mankind is a serious competitor, and and really it, it all comes down to it was timing. It was working with under like nobody else. I guess there really wouldn't have been a better person for him to be able to pair up with. Just I agree with that. He wanted to be. I agree with that. And and just also how mythical because everybody Undertaker. else would have to lose to him. Right. You know Everyone what I mean? else would have to 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 sell. Like even Undertaker could have beat him, and he would still think mankind was something. But True. also, yeah. the Undertaker and Mark Calloway, if you if you if you will, was probably and I think it's what it said in the article. It was just a thrill to work with. He was happy to get him over. And from what I understand, there's going to be a lot more Undertaker Mankind matches in the next few months. And next we know few, next few years, next few obviously, years, yeah. Culminating at King of the Ring two years from now, so. Tons of tons of great matches coming up. I can't wait to see how they try to top it, because in my mind, the uh, man, I, I'm just really excited to see the, the way this rivalry goes. Well, it's going to we know it's going to continue for two yeah. years because well, it's mean, the I'm greatest sure match gonna, I've ever sure, seen in I'm wrestling sure history. There's got to be some downtime where they're not fighting each other for two years. They can't. Sure, but they got to come back. But, but like, there's the buildup and the right, tension right, still been, has to been, be there. It's been okay. Undertaker's getting best. He's getting best. Like he's got to come back with a vengeance at some point. We'll but find now out. It's basically cemented mankind as a real threat to the Undertaker. And if he's a threat to the Undertaker, he's a threat to everybody. Um, and, and also just kind of really cements how good of a character it is. And, and actually, the article talks a lot about it. even Mankind, because it's an interview with McFoley, where he's like, yeah, I wasn't really excited about the character, but then I just started doing it. And and I started to figure, and I got comfortable, and I was figuring out how to be crazy and weird. He seems comfortable yeah, doing he does, this. Doesn't he, he seems like he wa- he He seems like he's just such a, a good wrestler and such like a good actor that like right like his you would think that he wanted to do this 
Right, like he thought it was his idea. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right, and it's not, and it's but he's but he's doing the best he can with it, and because he's so talented as an actor, as a performer, like he'll never be the guy that he's not Bret Hart, he's not Shawn Michaels. But, but that's what showman, I like about. But him. he's a showman. He could just the little things that he does, like he always does it. Uh, you throw him into throw him into the steps, and he goes like flipping over the steps because he runs into it with his leg. Like it's great. Nobody does that. He does 100%. Like yeah. it's almost like if you throw him into the stairs, he's willing to die yeah. for that, for that bump. So you I know what I mean? I saw an interview with him one time and they said, he's like, yeah, you know, everybody asked me, oh, how do you make your stuff look so cool? And really, he's like, oh, well, it hurts a lot. <laughs> and like, that's where, no shit. Yeah. yeah. You could tell, like you just throw it and it's just like, yeah, I mean, he's the guy's risking his entire body on on everything, and like I said, he's he's got to be top five. He's got to be in the conversation for top three wrestlers because of. Because uh, yeah, of that. I think overall WWE. I mean, if you put Attitude Era guys, for me, it's ah oh man, he'd be four, three. No, he'd be three to me. So what are we talking about? We, we you want to talk about like Era Mount Rushmore? So for, for next, well, so like if you want to do Mount, Attitude Era, Mount Rushmore right now, even though we're getting ahead of ourselves, The Rock. Stone as Cold. of right now, as of right now. No, right now? As of But we're not right. in the Attitude Era yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. So, I mean, I'm thinking just later because All right, just well, let's just starting Let's talk Attitude Era because I'm, yeah. I'm curious as to find out what your Mount Rushmore is. Stone Cold, is. The Rock, Triple H, and Mankind. I don't know that you could dispute that. I would say um, probably Mark Merrill. Mark Merrill. Mark Merrill. Vader. <laughs> and uh, Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> no, I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, Triple H, obviously not right now, but when, well, yeah, but neither yes. is the Rock's not even there. Yeah, Stone correct. On yeah, way. mankind's yeah. on his way. But like he just. Those are the four guys. That's what made the attitude era. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So next match, though. Um, so yeah, I, I, I still am in disbelief that mankind got over again <laughs> on Taker. But our next match, we're gonna go to Goldust versus Ahmed Johnson, and this is for the uh, international title. International. Oh, sorry, <laughs> intercontinental. I abbreviated it. I went with the old uh, INT title. Uh, so as we know, this beef started again when Ahmed Johnson got hit um, by Owen Hart with the cast. Ahmed Johnson was knocked out pretty cold. Goldust went to the old rescue and gave uh, Ahmed Johnson a little mouth-to-mouth. And that's kind of what started this whole feud. Uh, so Ahmed Johnson, so as I'm going to set this up a little bit, by the way, Tom's paying, so I'm stalling for a little bit, but Ahmed Johnson, uh, comes out in like a blades of glory. So for this King of the Ring, uh, the entrance, I'll set it up is like a double door. So you don't see the addressers coming out. So there's basically like two guards that like open the doors for the wrestlers when they come out. So the whole entire pay-per-view, you see these guards they open the doors and then the wrestlers come out. It's kind of funny because like the two guys go to open the door for Ahmed Johnson and he just busts through the doors and these guys fall down. Um, but Ahmed Johnson's wasting no time, goes to the ring and just starts beating the living hell out of gold dust. And he beats the hell out of gold dust. 
He's Correct. clearly mad. Correct. But He's I, clearly I, got a problem. Correct. Uh, and, and I think it's a homophobic problem. <laughs> I think his speaking, problem is not I, being tolerant of other people's lives. Speaking lifestyles. of being tolerant, can I... Uh, not really a PSA, but um, I want to apologize not only to you, maybe to the listeners. Um, if you listen to probably episode two, um, I pulled the black card. Yeah, you said that um, Johnson wouldn't get a push because they weren't pushing black guys. Why are you pushing this? Maybe because back then, you know, they didn't push black guys and I was completely out of line. They're giving him a push. They're giving him a hell of a push. And then I also said the next week, I played the gay card. And I said that no matter what Goldust did, as long as he appealed as a homosexual to the crowd, he would be hated. And I was 100% right. So I had no (laughs) apologies there. We're we're learning. As we go, we learn. (laughs) Um... So in my notes, I literally have, um, Tom, please explain the sexual pin that Goldust oh does. Oh my God, it was erotic. <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, it got a lot of heat just because of how much everybody hated the gays back then. But so, not honestly, me. there's a lot of... Not me at five years old. A, yeah, yeah, no, not now either. There's a lot of uh, homoeroticism in what Goldust does on a day-to-day basis. You've heard us talk about it. Here and there throughout the podcast, but but greatest pin I've ever seen, and actually kind of a bogus ruling by the rest referee. So Ahmed Johnson's laid out. I think was that from the pile driver? Goldust lands a pile driver, and I think uh, I he puts him to sleep actually. So oh. he puts him in a sleeper hold. But this is this is prior to that. Well, well this is when he goes for that pin. Uh, when, when he goes, goes to, it's prior to that. No, no, no. I'm talking about the sexual pin. Where yeah, yeah, remember yeah. when that's we said, oh, he, sh- he should have started I'm, counting yeah, that's before what that. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, about. the pile driver. That was yeah. the pile driver. Yeah. You wanted me to explain a different pin? No, that. No, one. okay. So that's what I thought. So he pile drives him. Kind of a not a. He doesn't get all of it. Not a great pile driver, but it's sold. He's he's out, and Ama Johnson's on his back. <laughs> Goldust starts to erotically climb from from his legs like he's at Ama Johnson's legs he slithers like a sexy snake across his body but he's on top sexy of him sexy little snake he's on top of him at his legs like really if it were Earl Hepner or a real a good referee maybe Mr. Perfect he would be have been counting at that point we said this at the same time yeah. he goes uh, he should be counting yeah. the pin right yeah. now. I think Owen Hart and commentary yes. mentions it yeah. too. Like he yeah. should have been counting Correct. way before he was on top of him. But he slithers all the way onto his like fully mount, fully mounted him, and has to tell the ref to start counting. The ref is uh, also homophobe. I like Earl like, <laughs> Hebner. So homophobe. <laughs> no, it wasn't Earl Hebner. It was a different ref. Oh yeah, it's Mike Chioda. Yeah, I, think. yeah. I like how he just like looks at him. He's like pinning him. The ref has no idea like what sexual position he's in. He just looks at him and just like slowly just like yeah, points to points the mat. Like, it's almost like RuPaul at yeah. like his drag race. Like, he just yeah, kind of like, like, like points you, you down. Can't, you like, can't recognize a pin. You're, he, if, if a person's on top of the person, his shoulders sure, are down, they're correct. on the back, that should be a pin. He should have been counting like 10 seconds before he did. <laughs> and then he only got to two and, and Ahmed Johnson kicks out. 
And, you know. He, I just he, like how he just, like, pointed down, like, you can count. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if, if, if Golda, maybe Golda's told him beforehand, like, hey, I'll let you know when I'm pinning. Yeah. Like, maybe he wanted that extra time. Yeah. I don't know. So later on, Goldust goes for a good sleeper hold. And we talked about this before, back in like the 90s, early 2000s. When someone was out, they would lift their hand up. And if it dropped three times to the mat um, without any resistance, it would be um, it'd be a win. Yeah. But he goes for the second drop, and Goldust stops. He could have won the match right there. But Ahmed Johnson's out. He's put to right. he's But put he to doesn't sleep. want it to end. He's no, but Goldust goes for another mouth-to-mouth resuscitation Actually, or really a.k.a. mouth-to-mouth insemination. He really aggressively and sexually slaps him a couple times. I was getting turned on a bit, to be honest, just from the slaps. Yes. Like, so like uh, He slaps him aggressively across the face, realizes he's out, gets up, licks his finger like at the camera, <laughs> and then tells the ref he needs mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. <laughs> like, like the ref has any This say. is such a good match. This is such <laughs> I, a good I was match. pumped. So then, instead he goes, he starts doing it, and a couple, a couple breaths in, Ahmed Johnson comes back to life, reinvigorated, rejuvenated, and oh, he's is, just uh, like he was last yeah, time. Yeah, and I think there's something yeah. too, maybe that that Coltus is bringing him back to life. Yeah. So Ahmed hits an awesome spine buster. And just shortly after after that awesome spine buster, Ahmed goes for his finisher, which is the uh, uh, Pearl River Plunge. Pearl from, River Plunge. What a move. Man. Yeah, he's from Mississippi. And what a move. I really think that's a good move. I, it, oh, it's a great move. I think you showed me one of the one of the women wrestlers do it now. Uh, you said, like, in maybe in NXT or WWE, you said, Ahmed Johnson's finisher, you sent me a snap of it one day. And I was like, oh, cool. yeah. But, oh, um, but like, it's got to be so hard for a guy wrestler to pull that off because of the weight variances of all the guy wrestlers. Well, not only that, like, Goldust is a tall guy. Well, he pulls it off well here. Yeah. But like I told you, when we first saw it, when he did it to Skip or Zip, whoever he did it to, mm-hmm. like, he could pull that move off there. <laughs> you can do it on a Zip or a Skip. Yeah. yeah. Zip, <laughs> but you can't. You're not landing it on a Vader. You're not you're landing it on, like, Undertaker. But he yeah. lands it on Goldust, which I was impressed with. And it doesn't look like, like, man, I don't want to bring Batista into this, but I'm going to because I, I was never a big Batista guy. He would go for the Batista bomb, and it would be like halfway botched like every time he did it on somebody that was bigger sure. than Randy Orton. Sure. And But a guy he, like Batista, you almost needed like a, a Batista bomb finisher. Right, but, 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 like, but like he couldn't from. pull it off. But it seems like Ahmed Johnson could pull this off. Sure. Sure, yeah. And, and I think that is important uh, while we're, why we're big. It's Ahmed worth Johnson mentioning, fans. for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's why we're big um, Ahmed Johnson But fans. officially, Ahmed Johnson does the Pro River Plunge. One, two, three. We have a title change. Ahmed Johnson is the Intercontinental Championship and winner. Yeah, it's, it was great. I was pumped, honestly. I think I, when I was watching this, I was like, there, like I jumped up. There we go. Like when he landed it, yes. and he wins. And even though, like I love Goldust, and I wouldn't have minded if he won. I'm pumped for Ahmed Johnson. I don't think Goldust needs the title. No, he doesn't. It's like almost, it's almost an afterthought in in day to day, like runnings of of Goldust character. Like, yeah, but Ahmed Johnson needs a title. Yeah, you know what I mean? Title. Yeah, like, he's the guy. this worked out perfectly. He's got the Kuwait tournament title or whatever that was. He's got yeah. this now. 
He's, he's well on his way. I don't know what's going to happen to him, but we're big on my Johnson guys for now. For now, uh, yeah. And then even after the match, Why do we fear that something's going to go so bad? Well, because I, I think we wouldn't know. Like, he would be bigger if, if there was sure. something. And that's, and what, I that's, have, that's I have, why I, I said have, the black card thing earlier. Like, maybe there's not, not giving the a black push. card. So I know it's not. I have, I have read an article about, like, some backstage drama with him later on. And, okay. And he I, fucks Sonny like everybody should else? I say, should I say it? No, his mama told him to take trash out and not bring it in. Oh, Did yeah. you hear his first his mama told him. Do you hold on, do we mention this or do I need to find out later? I don't know if you'll ever find out. That's the problem. It's a backstage thing. But it might not happen. Do we for like do two we want to do we want to wait then? Cuz I'm all in on Ahmed and I, I don't want to wait. I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay. I'll get you a cameo. You, you'll you'll here. know if <laughs> you'll know if Tom tells me cuz I'm like Ahmed loses the title, thank God. Yeah. yeah. yeah so don't no, tell me. I know Mark Miro. Let's put it that way. I'm riding. I'm riding this push. There might be some bad things with Ahmed Johnson, but as of right now, wait. I'm I'm into him, and and he goes back stage, walks in the locker room, gets showered with champagne. The locker rooms behind him, and then you see none other than HBK, the WWF champion. Yes, as we thought he was a dick and just didn't like anybody. Because I think that he is, but uh, but I think that just proves how homophobic everybody else is. Right, you know they I, hate I, to see the title on Gold Dust. Yeah, they were just pumped. Even even Shawn Michaels, the gayest of all the characters other than Gold was happy that Gold lost. And well, I mean, if you watch this King of the Ring, which I encourage you to at least watch this last it's a match. Real, no, watch the whole thing. Watch the whole thing. Part, yeah, but. The, but HBK comes out in some pretty gay attire. Yeah, yeah. gay in a good way is what we mean. Like, is there a bad way? Fabulous. Is there a bad way? No, he's got like the biker, the leather biker uh, hat and the vest. But now we have a uh, Brian Pillman promo. And he's coming out in crutches. He has a boot on his left foot. You got some uh, Brian so Pillman drama. Pillman drama I can give you guys. But <laughs> this is going to be a long podcast. Uh, no, I think we're already over an hour. Ultimately, watch the two-part Dark Side of the Ring documentary. Two-part. Two so it's two episodes. I'll watch it. Hours. Oh, my God. We're at an hour and... F uh, just over an hour. Yeah, just I think we're hour. doing we're really good. well. We're actually, doing, we're doing well. Paper yeah. So, uh, yeah. Can you edit this out so I'm not interrupted in the middle of my Brian Pillman thing? Yeah, I'll edit it out. So, Dark Side of the Ring, two episodes. So, two hours of coverage. I'm going to watch this from, afterwards. So. Oh, you should. It, it's it's really good. And A, what it told me. Well, so, all I knew about Brian Pillman before this was we saw on Raw, the last episode, that he had signed with WWF. But it was like really an emotional press conference where he's thanking oh, his new extended family, which is WWF. A huge opportunity. The last eight weeks have been crazy, uh, and he obviously was in some sort of accident. But you watch this—you watch the dark side of the ring. You find out a ton about him. But actually, him and Stone Cold were tag team tag team. Uh, I don't actually don't know that they ever won the championship in WCW. But they were a tag but team. But they were the yeah. Hollywood Blondes in WCW. They were getting over really well. Stone together. Cold had long blonde hair. If Stone you can Cold had that, yeah. long blonde hair. Brian Pillman still does. Um, then they break. Break them up, it seems like, for BS reasons in WCW, because the bookers in WCW usually sucked. Uh, that's why we're doing a WWF show here and not a WCW one. 
Uh, but if you guys want us to do WCW, swipe up, let us know. Maybe we'll do it down the line. We got a time machine. We can get there. So, Brian Pillman, he's kind of in a crossroads after the tag team breaks up. And his, his basically his trainer is like, dude, just start doing crazy shit. And so he starts doing crazy shit. And watch the documentary if you want to see it. But they called him the loose cannon. And basically it just meant that he would just do crazy shit for the sake of doing crazy shit to, to, to make people think that he wasn't like really on script, wasn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. And when he comes out in this episode of, in this King of the Ring, he does an interview with JR and he's on crutches and he says some crazy shit. And the whole he time, looks up, so I hadn't yeah. watched, I hadn't watched the documentary until after I saw this promo. I'm like, is he supposed to be saying this stuff? Like he he sits there, he says things like, he calls the entire WWF the wretched refuse, and he says that he's gonna rape, plunder, and pillage the entire federation. And I'm like, dude, you can't say that. Like, okay, it's the '90s, he could say that, but like, you can't say this stuff. This is wild. And he looks insane. He looks absolutely insane. Yeah, he drops a uh, Jeffrey Dahmer reference about Milwaukee. Oh, my God. He says, they're in Wisconsin. He says, I can see why Jeffrey Dahmer tried to eat the entire state from head to toe. Like, justifying Jeffrey Dahmer? So I'm like, okay, this guy is insane. No way this could be a legit, like, he's supposed to be doing this promo. Which he probably wasn't. He was just being the loose cannon. Right after he signed that contract, yeah. <laughs> right, well, so, you guys got to watch this Dark Side of the Ring. But basically, he is is kind of at a crossroads when they break up as a tag team. He's doing this crazy stuff to just get a name for himself. He convinces, and this is allegedly a plan between him and his manager, he convinces Eric Bischoff to fire him for real, to make it look real, so that people will get pissed at Eric Bischoff and he'll have the fans behind him or at least heat or whatever it is. Eric Bischoff legit fires him, releases him from his contract. He shows everybody as a promo thing. Then he starts negotiating with Vince and then also cross negotiating with Eric Bischoff to get more money. Like it's a craziest. He's trying to get over on everybody here. He's getting over on the organizations. He's getting over on Vince. Then is he like a 96 version of CM Punk. Yeah, he kind of is, but like he's just he's doing it and he's doing it well. And then he then he he crashes he gets in this accident and he um he crashes I think he has a Humvee, he like crashes really, really badly, which I think from what his wife at the time said he was like had pain pills because he was in a lot of pain. Took well yeah, him. his last name's Pill Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no coincidence there. He took some pills. <laughs> had He thought he wouldn't kick in until he got home, but it kicked in before he got home. Fell asleep at the wheel. Crazy crash. Like, we, we don't see the before and after. This is like all we're seeing of Brian Pillman is, is him here in his crutches. But but basically, he had to have this like whole... For, watch, watch the documentary, but they say his they have to like remove his face to put his face back on. And they have screw he has screws in his leg. It's really bad. And it's all during he during the time he's doing negotiations for a new contract from both WCW and WWF. And so WWF offers him less money than WCW, but for more time. So he takes it. And realizing that he's never gonna be the guy he was supposed to be, um, 
goes in, does it, and I'm just going to foreshadow a bit. There's some crazy stuff about to happen with him. All right. But as he's walking... I'll watch okay, it tonight. Yeah, watch it. And as he's walking back, you know, from his promo, Stone Cold's coming out for his match here at King of the Ring. And as I mentioned, they had some history together, and they kind of exchanged some words. And uh, seems like they're still... Actually, more Brian Pillman seems into being friends with Stone Cold, and Stone Cold kind of just looks like him, looks at him like he's an idiot. But that's just kind of Stone Cold's yeah, character. Yeah, but there's kind of that time. mutual respect well, yeah, like thing going on. Just punch yeah. him in the face or something like he would if it was... Yeah, so this is know. the actual final of the King of the Ring. As uh, Tom mentioned, Stone Cold Steve Austin is coming out, and he's going to verse the injured uh, Jake the Snake. And just a reminder, this match is in the same night, so... Jake the Snake won, and so did Stone Cold Steve Austin. So this is the final of the King of the Ring. It's funny that they have to fight twice in one night. So Steve Austin comes out, and uh, we notice he has... They kind of zoom in on his face a little bit. I'm like, I said to Tom, I go, it looked like... Because he was bleeding in the last match. You could see there's stitches in his lip. So... He He's actually, only been doing the Stone Cold Center now for a couple of weeks, as far as we know. He botched the second he, one. He yeah, so like he's just <clears throat> getting used to this move. So if he bit his lip, like you thought, when he went for the stunner part of it uh, in the last match, you know, maybe now he knows he's got to close his mouth when he's doing it. So yeah, he looks like he's got like uh, four or five, maybe even six stitches I in think, his mouth. I think I heard six stitches. Six, from, yeah. From so uh, the match is going on. Stone Cold is working, obviously, on the ribs as a uh, a heel would do against Jake Stick Roberts. Immediately, music doesn't even stop yet. He's yeah, like so he's like ripping the tape off of, uh, Jake the Snake's ribs and then Gorilla Monsoon did a promo before he said like you know I'm gonna let Jake the Snake wrestle even though he probably shouldn't because the guy's got heart um, but if it gets out of hand you know I'll, I'll throw in the towel and I'll call it so during this match Gorilla Monsoon comes out almost immediately and he's actually in the ring with them and he's ready to stop the match but Jake the Snake says I'm gonna keep fighting I'm gonna keep keep going with this match Long and the short, Stone Cold, it's not, it's a short match. Stone Cold goes for the actual stunner. And he's the king of the ring champion. Yeah, a pretty easy win. Also, why I, I thought that this match, like, I, you know, it's a whole tournament. It's telling the story. It's a building up all these guys. I thought it should have been a better match. But, but we know Jake the Snake's going to, you know, it's going to be less than a five-minute match if he's out there. I mean, he's had better matches. The whole, his whole, all his matches were better than that. Sure, but he's also got a Vader bomb and can't really wrestle. But no, I, mean, F- I get it. That was what I disagreed with. But I, I do appreciate it. Stone Cold still won. Made him look good. Made Jake the Snake not look bad. But this is where we see history. This night right. changed Stone Cold forever because at the end. He is announced king of the ring, and Stone Cold so cold is shitting on Jake the Snake, and he's like, "Before right. I even before I even start this, get that piece of shit out of the ring, Jake the Snake." Yeah. So Jake the Snake's I'm leaving. Like, so I'm, 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 you know, I'm like, okay, I'm looking for this iconic promo. I want to hear what it is. I've never heard the whole thing, but I know this is where you know. This is where a lot says, of like 
merch yeah. is sold yeah. from this. Right, right. Because you know how he much goes, money the oh my God, made off of this promo. promo. And it's all, it's all, it's not even scripted. No, right. He goes so up, this he is not this scripted. Yeah. It's, it's probably, the more, probably uh, I think I heard J- Jim Cornette say this is the most important promo in the history of WWE. Yeah, so this is not the best, but the most important. Important for sure, because Stone Cold goes, and he's going on about how he's, you know, next and up and coming. But he says, you know, Jake the Snake relies on, you know, John 316. Where he goes, well, here's a little bit. This is Austin 316, and I just whooped your ass. So this is off the cup. Like, this was not scripted. But he says, Austin 316, I just whooped your ass. And that, obviously... I have a shirt that says Austin 360. Yeah, and he, this and started he, the whole... And he carries it on and, and correct the champ, threatens Shawn Michaels, British Bulldog, and ends it with... And that's the bottom line. Because Stone, Stone Cold, Cold said, said so. so. so and that was also off-cup, yeah. too. So, and I those, mean, those are two, the those two most two iconic lines, lines he says and, ever. And we'll find out night. later, even like when Triple H does that interview with JR, where he's like talking about the game. And he's like, I am the fucking game. You know what I mean? Like that launched Triple H's the whole game thing. So right. it's like these off scripted promos are like the biggest pushes. And I mean, we're watching history here. Well, that's, the first time. Like, yeah. imagine if he never said Austin 316. Right. Yeah. I couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't put that in there. Like we mentioned the Mount Rushmore. That's the that's the moment that like he's George Washington there. If you're looking at uh, Attitude Era being born, in my opinion, that is the that's that's George Washington and Agreed. the forefathers declaring independence. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah. now the trendsetter, right? right? They're, they're, he just yeah, started the catalyst that. of and all this. Yeah. I think what the official start. Of the Attitude Era is WrestleMania '97, so we're we're like six months away, seven months away. Um, so we're not far off, but like I, I could say, I could look, you could look back and say this is really the catalyst that started the trend towards it. And you got Mankind there, and you got The Rock waiting in the wings, fi- finishing up at Miami at the U. With Warren Sapp and yeah, well, Mary he's Ray. gonna lose to Warren Sapp and lose his, <laughs> lose his position. But yeah, I mean, like. We, it's, this is so freaking cool because, like, we know the history, we know the 316, but to see it, like, unfold, uncuffed, unscripted, right. and, and think, when yeah. you kind of know the backstory that he just, like, throws a, a, a promo out there like this that, like, you know, it's just, like, these little off-screen, like, non-scripted things were such a... Bulldozer, and, and, and I'm sure he had thought of it before, like the attitude, yeah. But, but I think that's kind of the beauty of of having the wrestlers do their own stuff. I, I agree. Think now it's I all agree written with that. by Vince yes. or whoever's yeah. pitcher, whoever's doing it. It's all written ahead of time. They just have to memorize their lines and go and do yeah. it. Yeah. But the whole beauty of what the WWF was then is that it's these superstars making their character, going out, delivering. The lines that they think that character would do. And that's what was great about The Rock. Like, nobody wrote Rudy Pukandy ass down on a piece of paper. <laughs> no one. And said, like, okay, right. And not, say Rudy not, not the director of talent <laughs> agency. No, it's nobody in right. there. And, yeah. and I think that's where the WWF now or WWE, where they lack 
is, and it's also part like of the no one's going to be like, hey, ask them what their name is. And then when they go say, to say, it, say it doesn't matter. I'm going to do that every week. And, yeah. and that's going to still be awesome. Like, or give me a hell yeah. Or just say what every, people still yes. do the what? Like, we, they still do the what? All of that is phenomenal. We just saw the beginning of it. What an iconic moment. And well, even, there's so even, much history because we, we, we first saw the stunner. We saw the stunner a week ago, and this is like the third stunner we've ever That's seen. That's why I'm glad, like, as much as I'm like, oh, dude, 98, 99, there was so much good stuff. But, but, but also, like, you, look at, I so, like, you look at how, like, uh, to me, it was where, where I kind of fell out of WWE was, you know, John Cena I was cool with, and that, they kind of ran stuff for a while. Like, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, they were believable. But, like, then for me after that, it was all the guys like, you know, Sheamus or... Um, I don't know those guys. So it comes in, and you, these are I'm like, oh, these are the mid card guys. These aren't supposed to be the good. Sure, guys. yeah. But I remember when John Cena was the mid card guy. But now you're looking back. Oh man, Stone Cold's the mid card guy. Yeah, Stone true. Cold, Mankind, like Triple H. These guys are mid card guys, and it's yeah. very interesting to see the come up of all of them because it there is an actual progression to it. But to, it's just so much more believable now that they could get there than it is in real life these days where you're like oh man do you think do you think um the new day guys are gonna make it as champions okay yeah kofi kingston did kofi Kofi had the raiders are the viking raiders gonna break kofi had that title for a long time and then lost in a squash match to brock lesnar in two minutes the most like you could hold the title for a year and a half (laughs) and then lose it in 15 seconds it's unbelievable but it's just like I don't, and I hate to say it. I don't you see. I don't Riddle's see. going to be WWE. No, I, I don't see the w-, w. He will be WWE champion. Sure. In the next maybe years. probably. Who, the thing is, it's like it's not going to get any better than it is in like ninety nine, ninety eight. We know that. Like no, we know that. That's why we got a time machine built, and we're going back to. But it's like now you don't see these trendsetters and I think because everything is so like right because controlled. one or two or three yeah, people yeah you can't ready. go off script and everything it's like this, these little things because it goes off script is like if we go back in time and we kill a fly or adjust a chair we're changing history and that's right. what these guys are doing they're changing history it's just like these little things that were like that you would never think about watching now, and it's like, oh, that's what started this. Right. So it's kind of cool going back in time. Yeah, it's like it is. this I, exact I really pivotal cool moment and I also is what realize, sold millions of dollars I worth also of merchandise. Stone Cold was like, uh, such a brazen heel at the time when he did that promo. Like I was like, oh, yeah, but really even when he was a face, he was almost still a heel. Well, he you know what I mean? Yeah, he was just like he did what he wanted, but everybody loved what he wanted, and he's just messing up the. The corporation messing up the authority, which is what everybody. I mean, if you're That's the if you're right yeah, there. but yeah. if you're like even like CM Punk, if you're against like the organization, you got the fan side, <laughs> you know. Even if you're a heel or not, uh, I'm gonna take a piss. But you want to introduce the actual main event of uh, oh, HBK man. British? Football? I would love to. Do you guys want to hear any more about Brian Pillman first? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Watch the watch the watch the dark side of the ring. But yeah, we get so we're we're at the main event now. Um, Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, versus uh, Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid. Uh, normal entrances: Shawn Michaels, leather hat, leather vest, 
rhinestones. You can't beat it. He's just a sexy boy. He's not your boy toy. He's got some great pyro. Uh, and, and so they come out. They're announcing everyone. And pretty quickly, you see Gorilla Monsoon in the ring. And you're wondering, what is he doing there? And he is interjecting. So he made the ruling and approved that Mr. Perfect would be the guest referee. But he is furthering that ruling and saying that he will not be in the ring. They're going to put Earl Hebner in the ring, Mr. Perfect outside the ring as a backup referee, basically. So there's some drama. Jim Cornette, uh, at British Bulldog, Owen Hart are all upset. Owen Hart's still on commentary. And uh, HBK and his manager are pumped about it. Uh, so they carry on with the match. And it is a real slobber knocker, if you will. This match, when I was watching, I'm like, oh, main event. I paused the King of the Ring and I go, no way this goes on for 40 minutes. Yeah. And it's a 40 minute. Well, 40 it's probably 30 minute, 30 minute sure, match sure. and then there's 10 like, minutes of yes. extracurricular. Yes, but... This it's match is oh, man. I, probably. It's the I'm best gonna say it's the best match we've seen. Yes. Okay. So we agree. I'm not a big. We've talked about how I'm not a big British bulldog guy. You're not a British bulldog, but no. he performed this match. One botch, one botch. He missed like he slipped off the top rope. And you know what? When, when, dude, this match is going good, 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 great. Holy shit! Holy shit! Oh my god! And then a botch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so I was I watched this before Robert did. I texted him, dude. This main event is awesome. As I sent it, a minute later, British Bulldog slips off the top rope like he's gonna go for an elbow or something. I said, dude, just sent you that British Bulldog botched the move. <laughs> but it doesn't ruin the match by any means. They play yeah. it well as like a mistake. Almost like yeah, he slipped, but he still gets hurt, and I'll I'll, I'll get some filler before that even happens. Right. So um, I assume you explained the uh, referee mm-hmm. situation, right? Yeah. So uh, like we said, a lot of out of out of ring stuff as this continues. HBK um, does some good moves to British Bulldog outside the ring, and then actually grabs uh, Jim Cornette, does some moves to him, and then takes Jim Cornette's tennis racket and just starts beating yeah. him in the ass hell with of, it, which is super cool. Uh, British Bulldog does this awesome, also this uh, awesome military press where he would normally well, he just throw. He missed um, what got them out of the ring in the first place before he spanked Jim Cornette. He uh, British Bulldog throws uh, HBK out of the ring. HBK continues to hold the ropes, does a pull up, gets his legs in like hurricanrana position mm-hmm. to to British Bulldog, and then flips him over the rope. Like Mark Miro could only dream of doing something like that, and flips him flips a two hundred eighty pound man with just his ankle power out of the ring. And then goes and spanks his manager with a tennis racket. Wow, well, no, that's real ankle power, but yeah, uh, yeah it was it was cool. ankle power. That's what they. <laughs> You doing bison tries today? <laughs> nah, I'm doing ankles. Calves. Calves. Calves and ankles. Yeah, uh, British Bulldog goes for this military press and then falls back on the ring, throws Shawn Michaels out. So there's some awesome spots here. Obviously, uh, British Bulldog uh, does a pile driver. Then he goes off the top of the rope, goes for his finisher. HBK goes for the switch in music. 
um, knocks Shawn Michaels down, goes off the top of the rope, and this is like when the match is like at its like pinnacle. It's super sweet. British Bulldog is off the top rope and just slips and falls. <laughs> yeah, no, it but, was, like, it was the on match point. Is so like, good, like pile driver. You know, like just hitting moves. Like anytime Shawn Michaels gets offensive, comes back with a clothesline or, or a knee or, or something to just counteract it and, and stop the momentum dead in its tracks. Gets up to the top rope. I'm like, holy crap, he's going to do something cool. Slips and falls. Yeah, at the beginning of this match, I didn't know how their chemistry was going to be because there was a couple times where like they would do some stuff and they both like stop and look at each other. I don't know if it was planned or they didn't know what the next move was, but like... Yeah, like I think it was part of it was that the other match wasn't that great, like from In Your House. Yeah, it was but fine, like, this one was it like... It was phenomenal. Yeah, really good. So, um... I never thought that, okay... As we're going on and on, and, and like Shawn Michaels keeps kicking out of everything, I'm like, man, I really am starting to root for the British Bulldog here. And I've never said that in my life. No, me neither, but we both know kind of like Shawn's a great wrestler. He's really good at selling. There's no doubt about it. But like, I think we both know where his cockiness is in 1996 and like his behind the stage right. kind of persona. Or his I, real I mean, life I, even persona. Even without really. that, I just see like, you know. So after that, I wouldn't mind. Move, I, I agree more, with you. I wouldn't more, mind to see the title on British Bulldog. Then he hits a superplex. British Bulldog hits a superplex on Shawn Michaels. Then he hits a black backdrop off the top rope, or actually goes for it, and, and Shawn Michaels reverses it into a weird pin thing. But like he's hitting these moves over and over and over, and 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 Shawn Michaels keeps kicking out, keeps kicking out, and I'm like, man, I really. I'm rooting for the British Bulldog now. I want him to win. He's gotten more offense down. Sure. And yeah. he and just Shawn Michaels keeps kicking out of it like he's the ultimate warrior or something. But he's not the ultimate warrior. He's Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He's actually selling it well. And it's yeah, like there's he a just spot randomly where... randomly becomes powered up by a finishing. <laughs> Correct, but, right. But, like, it's believable. But it's also, like, it's, it's almost like borderline he sh- definitely should have lost just based on the offense that the British Bulldog put in. Uh, well, but he keeps uh, spoiler kicking, alert there. I mean, kind of no, I'm saying point. up to this point. Yeah, yeah. He should have lost a few times. He should have lost. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a spot where... Maybe if he landed, whatever he was going for off the top rope, probably should have lost. And then there was the superplex I thought that he was going to lose. Yeah, so HPK goes off the top rope. Bulldog does an awesome drop kick and... That has really HBK, cool like, HBK fall. That? Yeah. He's on the top rope. It's on the nose, brother. Kick. Yeah. He does a drop kick. Two HBK on the top rope. Like, his legs literally hit him as he's standing on the top rope. Yeah, it was kick. awesome. And, and then that's falls. when Bulldog does the, the uh, an awesome superplex off the top rope with Shawn Michaels. And then uh, HBK slams Bulldog, but he hits Earl Hepner. Right. As he does this. But and then uh, I've seen- HBK goes for his famous elbow drop. And then he starts to tune up the old band. But also at this time, Earl Hebner's already back up. I've never seen this a is what I freaking love, man. This is why Earl Hebner is the best referee. Yeah, I mean, I hands agree, down. but I've seen him out from get, like kind of getting pushed hard longer well, than this. Older in his career, he's, yeah, he's so I guess you're right. I guess young you're right. calf here. Yeah. So yeah. As soon as I saw Earl Hebner, I'm like, ah, there's going to be some funny business, right? <laughs> but then I saw Earl Hebner right back up. I'm yeah. like, that's why he's the best ref. Um, but long and short, HPK goes for the elbow drop, tunes up the band, and there's no mistake about it. He hits it. 
Um, and then goes for the one, two, three it count. It wasn't a great... Uh, wasn't a great finisher for a 40-minute match, but it was a great match. I just They should have, def- like, redone. Like, in my, if I was there, I would have been, like, do another one. I didn't really land that well. A couple of them, yeah. Or, and then... Uh, well, like, I guess that's kind of where we are now, where, like, it might take two Sweet Chip Musics to finish somebody, but, like, back then... That was unheard of. Yeah, or just say, or just say, I'm sorry, I love you, before you hit Ric Flair in the face. Yeah, that was a way better. But um, so Mr. Perfect goes in for this pin as well, and goes one, two, at the same time Earl Hebner does, and then Owen Hart pulls Mr. Perfect out. I don't know if this has anything to do with it. I think maybe in the future this is worth mentioning, so I'm going to mention it. So they go for one, two, three, but. Uh, Mr. Perfect counts a two. Owen Hart pulls Mr. Perfect out of the ring, jumps in, and then obviously HBK wins because it's a three count. But Owen Hart starts beating up but HBK. Only from, but only from Earl Hebner, it's a three count. Correct. So not the actual head of I don't know if this is going to change earlier with this beef with Mr. I, Perfect. I don't know if it's going to continue, what's going to happen, but there's going to be controversy, obviously, from that match because of the result. Yeah, so HBK is just basically just getting beat up uh, by Owen Hart. He kind of stands up for himself pretty well. He does. He has the better of of them both. At the beginning. He gets gets, uh, Owen Hart in a figure four and then also rolls up the British Bulldog. Yeah, how was that? that? Yeah, I thought that was cool, yeah. (laughs) But then he starts getting his ass kicked. So why would you roll somebody up? It didn't really do anything. Correct. I, I looked yeah. like Earl Hebner was there trying to stop it, and then he started almost to go to count, <laughs> like even though it wasn't a match. But either yeah, way. yeah. So HBK then, after all that, that Tom explains, starts getting his ass kicked, and then our boy Ahmed Johnson Dude, comes I so, out. I saw that. I yeah. got up. I like stood yeah. up. I was so excited when that happened. So like, Ahmed Johnson comes right. out to imagine if HBK never congratulated Ahmed Johnson after the, the Intercontinental Championship. So Ahmed Johnson's helping out, and then it's basically a two on two, and then your boy. My boy, Vader, comes out <laughs> to help the bad guys. Camp Cornette. Not and then they guys. start attacking Ahmad Johnson. And then there's Vader's kind of... just showing how bad of a wrestler he is no, because he's like, Ahmad Johnson's like looking at the camera. You, he's you like, wanna, oh, maybe I'll hit him again. You want to know my theory on why it took so long and was such a slow development? Sure. Because the Ultimate Warrior was supposed to come out like five minutes earlier than he did. So, out of nowhere, everybody's screaming, Warrior, Warrior. And so, obviously, the Ultimate Warrior is going to come out. Yeah. Who's so, Warrior comes out. So, it's basically a three on three. Three good guys versus three bad guys. But not really, because Ultimate Warrior has legions of fans behind him and cannot get hurt by anyone's finisher. So, he has a distinct advantage. You know, Why Ultimate is Warrior, anyone an Ultimate Warrior fan? He's like, if, you, if there was a Pokemon... I respect that weak. guy that was a Vader fan. Though. If there was a Pokemon that was only weak to like normal type, like you could do Dragon Beam, like Dragon Pulse, or you could do Hyper Beam, or you could do all these moves from all these types of Pokemon that would fuck up everybody. But like, if you hit this guy, he would just become stronger. That's what Ultimate Warrior is. He doesn't make sense. He's an enigma of a person. You hit him with your worst, and he becomes better. That's why it's a comic book. I do. I gotta think his whole push here is just because they have a comic book of him. 
Could there be any other reason? No, I, I hate him. He's, I can't stress that enough. I hate this guy. There is, there's not a... Oh, man. I'm trying to think. Who's like the most hated WWE, WWF guy ever? Kurt Angle, maybe? No, everybody loves Kurt Angle. Now? Yeah, but they loved him then, like, as a wrestler. Yeah, the whole you like suck thing. It would be like John Cena, like, everybody, or Roman Reigns. Uh, maybe John Cena versus CM Punk in Chicago? Yeah, no, I mean, just overall, not, like, in one place. I, I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be John Cena, but, like, he's also, like, the most liked guy in the last 10 years. Yeah. So, it's weird, but there's, I couldn't. He's the Nickelback? What? The Nickelback of wrestlers? John Cena's the Nickelback of wrestlers. No, no, no. I'm talking about ah, Ultimate Warrior. John Cena's like the Creed. Well, Creed, so... Like, I don't want to get into the whole Creed thing right now, but I'm sure. a big Creed guy. We're already like three hours in. So. Yeah, so I'm a big Creed guy. And I've been hearing from a lot of people recently that they're also big Creed guys. And I'm like, where were you 15 years ago when Creed needed you? Because I was Well, there. Creed was I preaching... Was I was there in Evansville, oh three. I was there. I was in Evansville, oh three. Okay, I was there. I was supporting Creed. Where were you, Rob? I'm not a Creed fan, nor am I a Nickelback fan. This shouldn't come as any fucking surprise. Well, who's the Mark Miro of bands? Who do you like? The like, Mark Miro of bands. Some forty one, maybe. Disco, maybe. I don't know. Somebody. Ah, maybe Panic at the Disco <laughs> might be a good one. <laughs> It's like, well, they're like a generic fallout boy. They're like, no, they're not. They do their own thing. They tell, their whole album tells a story. Every song yeah. is a part of the story. That's Mark Miro. Every I think you nailed it. <laughs> I think you nailed it. Mark Miro is very good. Like, they're original. Like, nah, not really. But I'm like, but they tell a story. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They tell a story. Each but ultimate, what is Ultimate Warrior? Ultimate Warrior is like... Uh, the Golden State Warriors, if they no, never... It, no, I'm thinking in music. Oh, we're referring to music? Oh, we're in music. Okay, is Ultimate Warrior doing? is uh, the Nicki Minaj. No, Nicki Minaj is cool. Okay, Nicki... then what's the other one? Cardi B. No, Cardi B is... See, you're just being racist now. You're playing <laughs> just like what you did with Ahmed Johnson. I'm thinking like some 80s band that's garbage, like... Whoever saying pour some sugar on me or ACDC. Uh, what was that? Uh, what was that one band that? Uh, like Brett Michaels. Like, come on. No, what's we need to go? Mm. Who's saying pour some sugar on me? Pour some sugar That song. On that's me. Ultimate Warrior. That is Ultimate Warrior. That song. One scoop or two. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 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 they had you sold until they said one scoop or two. Um, what is uh? What's that one? Um, is it? Uh, oh, shit. Well, let me look up. Yeah, have your have, uh, have who, your fish look it up and let us know. Klaus. All right, Klaus, look it up. <laughs> but they're you know the, the hair bands of the eighties. They're the ultimate. I mean, what about kind of what like, about rat? Rat. I don't Rat. even know what Rat song is. Rat that now he's been and goes, round and round, what <laughs> goes around, comes around. That's like the ultimate warrior. Yeah, no, I'm thinking 80s, because he's an 80s guy, really. Yeah, but deep down. Pour Some Sugar on Me was... Uh, that was definitely 80s. Yeah, but it was 
Def Leppard, right? Yeah. They had a one-armed drummer. Yeah, He's but like that's... a one-armed drummer. <laughs> Dude, yeah, but he was still... <laughs> yeah, but still, he was good. For Def having Le- one arm, like, yeah, Ultimate Warrior was good for having one arm. No, what's... Quiet Riot, maybe? Twisted yeah. Sister? Twisted Sister is better than Ultimate Warrior. All right, how about... Ultimate Warrior is the Scorpions of bands. Yeah, Rocky like a hurricane. Yeah, Rocky like a hurricane. He had one good one. Rocky like a hurricane. This episode has been brought to you by hurricanes. By Scorpions. <laughs> by hurricanes. Do we have any ads? Do we have any ads for this one? No, I've been pretty lazy. Does he have, like, I got to check my five inbox. Lights in a no, I I have uh I have people in my inbox, but I need to like. Like I said, I want to make sure I get paid before I even plug anything. Yeah, we don't want BBC, the whole BBC fiasco again. BBC. <laughs> the whole fiasco. What I mean, I'm not even satisfied with the Scorpions. What is what is the Ultimate Warrior? Guys, swipe up. Yeah, let us let know us in the know comments what the Ultimate Warrior is in the music industry. The Ultimate Warrior. Limp Biscuit? No. You're a big limp. You're a big no, limp. Like we limp. also both have to agree, which is going to be difficult. Because Tom no, and I, you, I, 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 Tom I, and I, either agree on something or we will totally no, disagree okay. like, and be on the exact different Limp pages. Biscuit's not good, but he's not Limp Biscuit. Like, what about Fred Durst? No, like what his solo stuff? <laughs> yes. Did he have solo stuff? Who's one who? broke up Limp Biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> Anything? They didn't bring Let it. us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> There's a dark side of the ring on Limp Biscuit. Right. Yeah, I mean, keep rolling, rolling, rolling. What? Well, what, it, what is Ultimate War? Like the Avril Lavigne? Like, no, like you're way Maybe too Paramore? Late. Paramore? No. It's they had that one like good that. They had that it's, one good one. Paramore has a, a thousand good ones. Oh, I, 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 have, big, I have five. I'm a big right Paramore now. guy. Yeah. So All right. Just, All right. Is Paramore? All right, oh I don't know. God. You know, Paramore is like, oh my god, dude. Paramore, <laughs> Paramore is like CM Punk. Like Paramore is like legit. Like Paramore is not just some has been one move. All right, I agree, but don't compare Paramore to CM Punk. Dude, Paramore is CM Punk. Paramore is not CM yes, Punk. Paramore. I I agree with you. I'm a I'm a Paramore guy. <laughs> Can we do just a whole podcast on who all the wrestling people are as musicians? Because <laughs> I think this is getting way off topic. Either way, King of the Ring was phenomenal. We don't have any ads, and CM Punk is the paramour of wrestling. Don't. I'll, I'll, I'll legit edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. You won't edit I'm that not out. going to. I still want to think of something that fucking Ultimate Warrior is as far as band goes. I really think Def Leppard's a good one. What else did they do? I don't know. Let me let me look on Spotify real quick. We got time. We're only we're only an hour and thirty in. Listen because for for pay per view we're doing pretty good. Worst eighties songs. I'm looking it up right now, and I bet. Then I'll find a good one. Uh, your fish is actually looking it up. Klaus. Is that <laughs> Yeah, Klaus. Yeah, Klaus, the fish. All right, so far none of these are, are good. 
All right, so Def Leppard had pour some sugar on me, yeah. hysteria, photograph, love bites, rocket. You you might be right on this one. You might be right on this one. Yeah, I'm right. Def Leppard is trash. Uh, yeah, you might be right on that. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, I don't know if we were taking our dog for a walk downtown and we passed. Um, oh, no, we we're by the uh, Juneteenth Parade. And this there was girl. a Juneteenth Parade? Nobody told me. Yeah, right? I'm not going to say the town, but. <laughs> right by us, we're at but the, it's pretty obvious. We were at the if June, you know where we live. Yeah, we're at the Juneteenth parade, and this, uh, like, I, I want to say, like, seventeen-year-old girl walked by with like a Def Leppard shirt. I almost wanted to go up to her and say, like, name one Def Leppard song. But there's only one, and that's the Ultimate Warrior. That's it. And like, she's like, what am I? Like, name one. Ultimate Warrior movie. It's like, oh, what do you know? Sell stuff. Finish your dude. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Shaking of the Ropes for 200. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever that yeah. thing is. Yes, God, I hate him. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, well, I did see an article. I didn't read it, uh, but uh, that he is just propagating cultural appropriation by being an actual. He's supposed to be a Native American warrior this whole time, but he's just a white guy like Def Leppard. Well, he's a very well. He's Anti, um, anti-gay. What's the other word? Yeah, homophobist. Well, see, the word homophobic kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's like I don't think he's scared of gays. I'll rub you the wrong way. Now I'm scared. Yeah, now I'm homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to end this podcast. And God bless. All right, <laughs> all right, guys. That is a King Definitely of the Ring. Definitely watch King of the Ring and Def- the Brian yeah. Pillman Dark Side of the Ring episodes. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it for sure after tonight. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, this has been a fantastic view for you. We will kick off as soon as we can both find the free time together. You know what? We have a golf outing. What Wednesday? Yeah, what are we doing after? Should we just watch wrestling together? We should probably watch wrestling after the golf outing, and because we can't do these sober, we've there's not been an episode we've done sober. Not yet. Not until uh, Jake the Snake meets with us and talks to us about a clean life and what it means to him, or CM Punk the Straight Edge can talk to us, but definitely not Paramore because they're better than CM Punk. I disagree. But anyways, um, we will uh, maybe we'll do a live one after the golf outing on Wednesday. Can we do live ones? Yeah, we'll do a live one. Why haven't we been doing live ones? I mean, everything's live. I don't edit shit. So we could do do an Instagram live. We'll do a video or something on James's house. Whatever the case may be. I'm in. I'm there. All right. Well, this has been uh, King of the Ring 1996. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Good night and uh, God bless.